Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And on this week's episode, we have a few things to go over that I think you guys are probably expecting us to talk about. Let's be honest. We have some intense concert etiquette discourse to have because for some reason, a fan thought it was completely acceptable to fully football touchdown throw a cell phone at BB Rex's face and then try and laugh it off as a joke when the police came for him. By being like, I just thought it'd be a silly, funny, goofy time. Meanwhile, his lawyer is like, he just wanted an interaction from Miss Rexa. <laughs> which is uh. so, so unhinged. And alongside of that, we also had another male fan storm the stage during an Ava Max concert. And this was literally two days after the BB Rexa incident, where we were still getting police report information about what happened with the male fan at bb show so really these men just be acting up and the stuff that fans are thinking they can get away with lately is completely unhinged so we're diving into that today as well as we get to talk about a win for kesha maybe a win for kesha we think it's a win for kesha the case between kesha and dr luke has officially been settled out of court so we're giving you all the details and breaking down our perspectives on that so we're getting into all of that towards the end of the episode as always if you want timestamps, we're gonna put it on our instagram stories we are gonna have quite a bit to get through with fangirl nonsense so without further ado let's get into that fangirl nonsense look There's been big developments in both of our fangirl lives. Sarah, I'm going to give the floor to you first to have your meltdown. (laughs) I like that I get to start the top of every episode with Harry Styles. This is like us start like doing this with our fangirl nonsense every week. Honestly, is honestly the gift that keeps on giving. Truly look forward to it every week. (laughs) It's so joyous because also I feel like there are tiny things that Jenna and I don't share with each other throughout the week to then be like, did you see this? (laughs) Obviously, the biggest thing was what we already shared on our Instagram which I think that there's going to be a debate for the rest of our lives about what Harry was reacting Please to. explain in depth for those who have not <laughs> seen. And also, if you haven't seen and just want to see it for yourself, it's already on our Instagram. So there's this video of Harry. And like 90% of the people on TikTok are saying that the video is in response to a fan sign that says shag question mark. And I'm going to continue to believe that. I don't care if that makes me delusional. I just don't think that it's anything I agree. else. Because, because it's there more has fun. been another video where there's a more backed up view of this and you can't see the sign visibly. But also, who knows, that girl the sign could have been on the barricade. The sign did not need to be that high up if she was. And all you can see is a bunch of phones and people holding rainbow footballs. And I just like don't think that Harry wants to fuck a rainbow football. You still haven't described because, what Harry has done. I know. Because, because in this video, you see Harry like walking. Or like looking out of the crowd, kind of doing a double take. 
getting like the cheekiest grin you've ever seen this man do. I mean, we've seen him do it before, but like this was extra cheeky. Then like, I don't even know how to describe it. He does this like- It was like a checking you out kind of look. Yeah, he like looks up and down, does a little like cheeky little smirk, then one of those like half shrugs with like both his shoulder and his face yeah. that I can like that is only best described by like a romance novelist. Like I can't even describe this look properly, but I know that some romance novelist has described this look perfectly at some it's point. It's the don't knock it if you try, like, if you don't try it. It's just it, it's literally the like, well, why not? Shag? Like go why on, why not? <laughs> it's literally just like the yeah well why not like who's it gonna hurt kind of like vibe like oh oh my god i don't even know how to describe it i just know that i had the most visceral reaction of like intense lust towards harry styles of him you know what's funny is like honestly this kind of remind like this interaction reminded me of some of the stuff that comes up at the k-pop shows of like you see someone else's interaction and they were like oh my god like they were checking that person out like they were so into that and then being like like i'm claiming this as mine <laughs> like i don't I just care honestly if this like, for me it's for me now like genuinely i think you guys just need to pause this right now and like go yeah, watch honestly. this on our instagram because like i cannot do it justice of just like how sensual this head shrug face look was it's literally like, like you're flirting I, with I someone can't. at the bar like it's literally like just imagine you're like but not even like flirting with someone you don't know it's like when you're hooking up with somebody and you don't want your friends to know yet and you like make that look at them where like should we get out of it like should we get out of here and they're like "Eh, yeah why not like that's like that's the vibes or it's like ooh, nobody knows what's going on but you guys but yeah it was a lot but harry's just like he's just been also being really wholesome lately and like i can't really deal with it because like as we all know like he's been cast as like a pretty major role in like the marvel universe so he has has like movie contracts that he needs to fulfill and i think we've all been saying that like oh harry's gonna like extend love on tour for as long as he can until he's not allowed to anymore and he's made a couple speeches recently about how like he's so thankful for his fans and how we're not gonna see him for a I while he's been tearing up. and he's like been genuinely like getting really emotional about it and it's like both filling me with so much love and breaking my heart at the same time and also panicking me to the point where I'm like, do I need to take out a loan to go to Europe to go see Harry? Don't know if it's going to be the last time. I mean, it's never going to be like the actual last time, but I do think he's going to be like doing movie shit yeah. for like two years. Do you know, like, like, I think he's going to give us another album. So like this but summer's going to be the think... end of the tour? Yeah. Well, like, I think a... he's going to do like Harry Ween. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to do saw, that again. I saw that being teased. I saw Harry Ween, like Dumois something being teased. Yeah, like, I think he's going to do that again and, like, maybe one or two farewell to love on tour things. But, like, I don't know where. I guess I assume it would be, like, Madison Square Garden in L.A. again because he did, like, those Wembley shows, which I feel like to him was, like, the biggest thing. But also it's, like, after playing at, like, these fucking massive arenas in Europe and England, the thought of him playing MSG again, I can't even wrap my head around it knowing that he's played to like 90,000 plus people in a night and then Madison Square Garden holding nowhere near that many people. Well, maybe he's going to come play a football stadium. So if I stadium in LA, I don't want to go to New Jersey. BTS performed. And there was also the really cute video of him seeing a pregnant lady in the crowd and starting to talk to her and her being like, I really have to pee, but I don't want to miss anything. And he's like, I can stall. And he did. He stalled. And I just love that. He's so cute. (laughs) 
I'll never get over Wholesome it. Wholesome cherub. In Korea, Bruno Mars performed two nights in Seoul and literally everyone from the K-pop industry was there. Like the videos coming out of like who was there and who was seen there and where they were sitting and what they were doing. And let me tell you, Big Hit has been doing some work with TXT because all the celebs, they were kind of like sat all over this stadium. No, TXT was like straight up in the like VIP. Like there was like a photo pit. Like TXT were like oh in God. the front. But the funniest thing about all of this is not just that they were all there, that multiple of these idols were straight up being fangirls and fanboys on camera like for Bruno Mars. There's this one part where he was like speaking in Korean and he was basically like, I missed you guys. And Yunjun from TXT like recorded a video and posted it on his Instagram story. It's this clip of Bruno Mars being like, I missed you guys. And then you can hear Yunjun and like the other people around him yelling like, I missed you too, I missed you too. Like literally yelling. <laughs> and then there was other, like I saw some other idols who like also were like video posted videos of themselves like screaming, like absolutely fangirling for Bruno Mars. And everyone is just like, they're just like us for real. You know what? We go feral at their concerts, but here they are going feral for Bruno Mars. I feel like I forget how popular Bruno Mars is, but he's like... The three most popular pop people king. in K-pop. Western people, well, I guess there would be four, really. People go insane. Bruno Mars, Justin Bieber. People go insane. For, people are obsessed <laughs> with Justin Bieber. Unfortunately, a lot of people are still very obsessed with Usher and Post Malone. Those are like the top four, like, most famous, most lusted after, like western male celebrities that could ever go to korea that's interesting i love there that were, people were just like I making like jokes like okay what if bruno mars and justin bieber came to korea and played shows on the same night then what oh my god i think that's really funny but also speaking about wild stuff happening at concerts we unfortunately do need <laughs> we unfortunately do need to talk about the kardashians for like two seconds because i can't not because Kourtney Kardashian at least publicly announced to Travis that she was pregnant. For those of you who aren't following the Kardashians, because, like, why would you be? Um, they've been going through IVF. I mean, Kourtney's going to be, like, 62 when this baby's 18. Really? Like, yeah. Like, when this kid is 18, like, Kourtney's going to be 62. So, I mean, personally, I don't understand choices being made like this when she already has kids and he already has kids but that's my own personal it's a qualms. nepo baby guys um, it's a nepo baby in the making it's the nepoiest of babies in the making but she announced it publicly to travis whatever you want to believe you can believe with this massive cardboard sign that says travis i'm pregnant which was a callback to the all the small things music video so i think that that's like really cute i do unfortunately think travis and courtney are very cute i also think their pda is the grossest thing i've ever seen in my whole entire life like you guys are grown adults if i have to see travis barker's tongue one more time i'm going to kill myself <laughs> but i do think that it was like a very wholesome very fangirly response to finding out that she was pregnant and i love that for them i personally am in the camp that that was the actual announcement that he did not know because <laughs> i think they're crazy enough to do that <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just feel like when it comes to IVF, like there's so many intricacies and so many issues that could occur that by the time that they would have made the announcement, I feel like it would have been like past the three month mark. So there's no way like there's like she's already showing like there's no way he didn't know. OK, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> also, in my world, 
something that I did not expect to happen. Tomorrow by Together and PD Bang and Big Hit, they have all been teasing that TXT is going to be dropping this single in July prior to them headlining Lollapalooza, which is like a really big deal. Of course, I'm like, okay, it's obviously going to be an English single or targeted specifically for US radio. They're working with Ryan Tedder, who is from One Republic, has like written lots of songs, has lots of like very top 10 billboard hits, whatever. So already it was like a really big deal, but TXT like posted this photo that was like them laying in front of a pool with like a lyric from a Jonas Brothers song. And if you look like the Jonas Brothers did this like album, they have this album cover where they're laying in front of a pool. So then all the fans were like, oh my God, like Jonas Brothers collab. And I was like, no, like Ryan Tedder produced that song for the Jonas Brothers, the one that like they referenced. So I was like, it's just another Ryan Tedder reference. Like there's no way they're doing a collab with the Jonas Brothers. Lo and behold, two days later, two days later, they come out and announce they're literally doing a song with the Jonas Brothers. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay, but I got to tell Jenna. Oh yeah, Sarah told me. I got me. to break the news. <laughs> Sarah told me. <laughs> I knew before Jenna. I got a press release about it. And oh the second God. I saw it, I took a screen grab and texted it to Jenna. And I was like, did you know? And she's like, I can't believe I'm finding out about this from you. No, that's so true. Because I don't have any like Twitter notifications on or anything. So like I only see it if I open Twitter. So I hadn't opened Twitter yet. And it was like still early in the morning. It was like 9 a.m., like 10 really a.m. Like it was so early. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was also like, because 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 the press email it has like a photo of them together, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's just so funny that Moaville, so like their fandom Moa, like we call it Moaville, whatever on Twitter has been so fucking funny because now there's all these photos, like every single day there's like a new photo of them together or a new video of them together. They're going so hard on the TikTok promotion, like so hard. But they did that trend that's like, what is the one where they walk past each other and it's like- It's from Zoolander. It's the one where it's like, I'm it's not like- your bruh or like whatever. Like, excuse yeah. me, bruh. And then they're like, your excuse, I'm not your, bruh. I'm not your bruh. <laughs> They did that one, which I thought was so funny. Like whoever is helping them coordinate social, I think is so funny. But- on stand, I think it's just Joe Jonas. I, I think that Joe, Jonas, like it's just Joe Jonas. It might be, but stand Twitter is so funny because they're digging up like old photos of the Jonas Brothers from like J fourteen and like that era, and they're being like so excited for the new concept, like so excited for the new like Stop. promo photos, and then there's they're joking about photo cards, like because there's gonna be a music video for this, and they they already said there's gonna be concept photos for this, so we're like, are the concept photos and music video like just TXT? Are the Jonas Brothers like? in these things and then we're like what if there's like photo cards and you're pulling a photo card and it's like joe jonas like nick jonas like this is what the girlies have wanted all along it's so funny i just like when did the jonas brothers become a-list celebrities and all- like i just feel like one day we all woke up and the jonas brothers were like world famous and i'm like when <laughs> like when did this happen uh it is the legacy of the camp rock girlies growing up because also in related news Huning Kai from TXT has said like on multiple occasions that him watching Camp Rock inspired him to be an idol and now he's collabing with the Jonas Brothers so there's all these jokes about Camp Rock and like videos editing of like Demi and everyone in the forest doing that weird like hand clap like chant thing and then TXT (laughs) being like what the fuck is going on so I just love like the amount of hilarious content that's coming out of this like collab yeah and and yeah I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I was not like a Joe Bro girly back in the day. So I like don't really care as much as if it, this was like a One Direction scenario. For all the Joe Bro girlies who are also TXT girlies, I cannot imagine what you must be going through right now. <laughs> I was never a Joe Bro girly, but I was always a Joe Jonas girl. <laughs> 
It is also just funny because TXT are like very tall, like 5'10", 6'2", and and the Jonas Brothers are shorties. When you sent me the video with all of them with the Zoolander reference and like Nick popping up in the middle of all of TXT, I was like, oh, Nick Jonas is a hobbit. So yeah, it's been a wild time and obviously more to come because this single doesn't even come out until July 7th. So they are really stringing us along. Can't wait for it to be the song of the summer. That's what I'm saying now. I mean, I think I think they both have it in them. And so combined together, I'm here for it. I believe in Superstar boy band power, baby. So obviously it was a big week in fangirl nonsense. Honestly, every week as a fangirl is a big week because we find something to freak out about. And I feel like that's a gift that we give ourselves every week in the hellscape that is life right now. And so with all of that out of the way, we have to get into the big details of the week. And this week was like a kind of insane week for... Fans just, like, fully not understanding that the stage is not for them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We had two incidents this week with some pop girlies literally getting attacked by fans. First, we had an incident at BB Rexa's New York City show at Pier 17 on Sunday, which was June 18th. And basically, during the concert, a quote-unquote fan, which like, what fuck fan does this, threw a phone as if they were trying to get a touchdown from the opposite end of the football field. Like through this phone, it was spiraling. With, like, break like you yeah. can see it, it looked break like a Death Star. Speeds. <laughs> it was fucking insane. Threw this phone directly at BB Rexa, hit her smack dab in the face. I like when I saw that video, I was like, that girl is lucky that like that did not hit her a little bit farther to one side or the other because it could have like knocked her eye out. It was insane. It hit her straight in the face. She falls down on the floor of the stage. I think, like, at first, everybody was, like, in shock because it took a couple of seconds longer than I was comfortable with for the people, like, her team and security to, like, come, like, rush the stage to see if she was okay. So Jack Irvine for People did some calling into the NYPD to get some information, and they informed him that she was 
taken to a hospital to go get stitches. And also that very quickly after the incident, a 27-year-old named Nicholas Malvanga from Ma- Manalapan, New Jersey. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> was arrested at the venue and charged with assault for using his cell phone as a weapon which is crazy oh yeah yeah no because i saw videos where like they found him in the crowd he like kind of he complied he like low-key turned himself in but he complied they pulled him out of the crowd but what's crazier is like also just like the fact that we get so much information in real time first it's like we just had the video of like bb then like we hear like the nypd is involved then then we hear like we get the video of that 27 year old man being pulled out of the crowd then he like willingly goes to the police and tells them i was trying to see if i could hit her with the phone at the end of the show because it would be funny which is like the most unhinged thing in the whole what world. the fuck and also just like crazy that like he clearly didn't tell his lawyer he said this because jack irvine also for people got a statement from the assailant's lawyer named todd spodek who in this statement to people stated nicholas like many other fans was hoping to interact in some way with rexa as the phone was returned it was never his intention to injure miss rexa in any way and i just think number one i think that it says a lot about like what's been happening at concerts lately that a lawyer thought that saying oh he was hoping for an interaction would be enough to maybe get his client away with this assault or something or like when the client yeah also when the client already admitted that he wanted to hurt her wanted to hit her with the phone it's just so unhinged but this is the thing also is like i think based off of what we've been seeing at concerts lately because we've seen in the past like year so much insanity when it comes to concert etiquette and just people not knowing how to act and we've talked about this at length just about like the tiktokification of concerts and like this lust for creating the best content possible out of all of the content that's going to be coming out of these concerts because there's only so much you can make you know when there is live footage where you're like oh like let me see what else i can do and we've seen the instances where somebody threw a phone up at harry styles and harry took a b-reel for them there was also a video i saw on tiktok recently of of a girl throwing her phone up on stage to louie but like these people aren't throwing them directly at the artist like at least the girlies are being a little bit smarter about this where they're throwing a little off to the well, side the girlies are also the not trying to hit not trying to hurt them <laughs> yeah i know initially when i saw the video i was like oh my god that person must feel so stupid because they weren't hoping to hurt bb rexa they were hoping to like i don't know get the phone on stage so that she'd pick it up and be like ah, a phone let me let me do a little ticky talky no i totally understand that in the context of like what's been going on at concerts and i totally understand that in the context of this lawyer being like oh yes this is a good excuse to get my client off but like yeah. based on the video of him throwing the phone there was no there was no fucking way that was his intention like every like yeah. any like the fact that we just literally described it as him throwing a football like with yeah. force like that thing was spinning that was always gonna hurt someone and like he was far back in the crowd like you were probably not gonna get that phone back nor have like any way of like proving that it was your phone i just like don't have any time for this lawyer being like he just wanted an interaction like fuck off this was literally assault like there's no other way to like explain it she literally had to get stitches and that's so scary i have so much fear when it comes to losing my eyesight that seeing somebody do this and just her getting hit like that 
And also just knowing that like if it had hit her somewhere else in the in the face, it could have knocked her out. It could have caused brain damage. It could have literally caused her to go blind. Like if that phone had hit her any like a slightly a little bit over in any direction, it could have been so much worse. So she did post a video of her face looking very like it literally looks like she got punched like it was bad the stitches and everything and she just said I'm good. I just feel so bad for her. I honestly just feel like BB's we've talked about her like here and there in the past. Her vocals have been on like everything like she has such a famous voice but like as a person she's not like an A-list celebrity and like recently she's been doing more promotions and she's had some singles and she performed at like a football super bowl type scenario so she's definitely been like promoting herself like a lot more recently i just feel like no one would ever do this to dua lipa and i think it's in the regard of bb's not as famous she doesn't conventionally fit into like body standards of what a pop star is i just think that it's easier for people to hate her and not treat her like a person than it would be someone like Taylor or Dua. And, like, I know, like, those girls, of course, they get extreme, extreme scrutiny. I just feel like the level that BB's on and, like, her career and the fact that she's not, like, a stick-thin pop girly, like, contributes to people's underlying misogyny and hatred, is my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that that's a completely valid opinion because also, like, she has that same degree of self-deprecation that most pretty bigger girls have where she in her social media and other things will be like do like self-deprecating humor when it comes to certain things or like brush comments off etc make a joke out of them because she knows she's hot and she knows she's talented but it still is going to hurt when people say these things or like the fact that she's not as successful as her counterparts when she like is probably technically more successful than yeah. them in like a bunch of just ways. not like general public famous and so it, so it's a way of i think coping with it is like doing the self-deprecation humor but i think also because she does that her fans also i've seen kind of make her the butt of the joke sometimes yeah. too and i think in doing this sort of thing where it's like this guy's acting as if he's a fan of hers which like no fan should try and attack somebody they love but i think also in his mind it's like oh it'll just be a funny little joke because everything about bb is a funny right, little joke right. is what it fe- was what it feels yeah. like and i agree it is again like the underlying kind of hatred towards women who seeing them as entertainment seeing them as like for your amusement yeah and also just like the underlying hatred of women who don't fit within the societal norms of beauty and the beauty standards and whatnot and the hatred towards them believing that they should or that they do when you're like but you're not this you're not that and i think that there is a lot of underlyingness when it comes to that as though lines were crossed. And so obviously like what happened to BB is like really, really horrible. And I think also this thing of like the accessible pop star, quote unquote, is so not something that we're used to. And the fact that this happened to BB and then literally like three days later, not even, it also happened to Ava Max, yeah. who I think is another like quote unquote accessible pop star, like a woman who makes incredibly good pop music, but isn't A-list celebrity 
is playing in smaller venues is more accessible to fans it's a lot easier to like feel like you should have access to them while also viewing them as possibly one of your like big three divas that you are obsessed with or big three pop women that you're obsessed with and so we there was another incident at an LA show with a fan just completely crossing the line okay so again I just like this literally two days later like information about like the BB's like police report is still coming out I'm scrolling on Twitter and I see a, a video of a fan an adult man also an adult man like not even a teenager not even like a like 20 something like late 20s early 30s maybe mid 30s adult man on stage straight up so like I see there's like security guards like start to tackle him but he like reaches out and literally slaps Ava across the face and like the security guards like immediately take him down but he still like makes contact with her face like what like what world are we living in like it's so insane it's so crazy like Ava literally went on Twitter and was like he slapped me so hard that he scratched the inside of my eye he's never coming to a show again I mean Ava I think he might go to jail (laughs) like for us like I really like press charges girly pop and then she also said thank you to the fans for being so spectacular tonight in LA there was a fan who actually had paid for an Ava Max meet and greet and Ava's meet and greet at least for the LA show happened post-concert and so what this fan tweeted according to an article written by Gil Coffin for Billboard was this fan had meet and greet so they got to meet Ava and the meet and greet happened after the show so it happened after this incident and what this fan said is that The guy rushed on stage at the end, right when the last song ended. The security guard tackled him and literally threw him down the stairs. Wild. It happened so fast. You can see here she couldn't even open her eyes, but she still did meet and greet. And the fan tweeted a photo with Ava at this meet and greet. Ava's literally in this photo with the fan wearing dark sunglasses and her eyes are shut because she's having trouble seeing because she's like in pain from having a fucking scratch cornea. Like, that's so scary. Yeah, I also just feel like, I mean, I obviously have no idea if these male fans are gay, so it could just be regular misogyny but (laughs) I was just thinking about that episode we did about divas and like just the lack of respect like divas in the sense of even just like idolizing someone but in a way that like you feel like you still have some control over them and yeah I mean this happens in regular fandom too so it's like it's literally not even just gay men I just feel like these pop stars have gay audiences so yeah that could not even be a factor in this scenario I think it's more so the fans feeling like they have some sort of ownership control and I don't know what would drive someone to like go on stage and want to physically harm like someone like this like it feels so insane it's fully crazy it makes me anxious as well to see how concerts are going to readjust going forward just seeing kind of the lack of concert etiquette in the last year and a half and how artists are going to readjust and what that's going to mean because I think recently Miley Cyrus said something about how like she's going to be performing live a lot less and that's why she's been doing those like live concert things from her house and stuff for fans because performing actual concerts just like wasn't working for them and I think a lot of artists are starting to feel similarly and I think when we're seeing these instances of fans just not understanding the boundaries especially with, with like storming the stage and throwing their phones in like a violent way it must be terrifying to go out on the road and I just honestly it brings me back to how Christina Grimmie was killed yeah and like these sorts of instances where 
when you keep seeing fans just not understanding and artists having to be like, stop trying to hand stuff up during the show, stop trying to take my attention away from the concert while I'm performing, it gives me a lot of anxiety about the future of live concerts. And I mean, that just adds on top of it, like the anxiety of like what they're going to be doing with AI and all of that shit. And so like when human to human interaction, like concerts becomes more dangerous for the artist performing, it's like, what are they going to do going forward yeah. to deal with this? And what is that going to mean? And just like, what are going to be the real world implications really? I mean, I agree. I just think it's fascinating that we just said Harry's been love on tour forever and like nothing near this insane has ever happened. And meanwhile, we have in the same week, two smaller pop women performing and both being assaulted like i mean i think also it has to do with the size of the artist and the size of the venue and like what people can't because like it'd be impossible to really do much harm to harry styles just it just in the distance between the crowd and the stage you know so when i saw tomorrow about together last year 2022 in the summer they were playing theaters and so it was Mm. like maybe four to four to six thousand capacity but somebody went on stage an adult man went on stage during the encore it was so wild so i was like sitting like close to the front by like one of the walls like on the right side there was a man who came down the left side so opposite like opposite side of the room as me came down the left side and literally started to walk up the stairs onto the stage while they were doing their encore and i was like like why is no one tackling him like what is going on like and it literally one of the artists was like in the corner one of the members of txt was in that corner and he like realized what was happening and he kind of just like motioned like take your seat like he literally just like motioned and then finally security guard came up and grabbed him but it was like an adult man well i I think this also speaks for the fact that most of the time the security at these venues aren't aren't going to challenge an adult man (laughs) or like don't expect that person to be acting up Number one, they're not a specific like security force hired by the artist. So they don't understand like a lot of that stuff. But also, I mean, what people don't realize is a lot of the times they don't necessarily have much proper training yeah. in a lot of these regards. I mean, I was telling Jenna the other weekend when I shot GovBall that I was just like so shocked at how quickly the security guards would jump to violence when it came to people who had media passes on. And how quickly they would just get angry and use their power as like, as quote unquote security as a way to like make other people feel small or make me personally feel in danger for multiple instances by them. And I was talking to one of the guys and I was like, oh, who was like relatively nice. And I was like, oh, like, how do you get this job? Whatever. And he literally was like, oh, there was like an open call. Like I've never worked security before. And I'm like, these people are supposed to protect me as in like a concert goer, but they're also supposed to protect the artists. And it's like, I'm all for ACAB, but like at least police have some sort of training. Like, I don't, like, I'm not gonna feel safer having police there because police always fucking have guns. But like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I just feel like there's no genuine response to this other than an artist specifically hiring a security right. firm right. that's like basically bodyguards for during the concert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they would need properly trained like bodyguard security for their concerts because like police aren't an option because nobody fucking trusts the police. And venue security, a lot of the time, doesn't really know what's going on. Well, also, like you just said, venue security isn't like people who are usually there all the time. It's like rotating staff. What I was getting at earlier is that like these are adult men 
who like if they're walking with authority they're not going to be questioned so, like yeah, that's exactly. just what happens like security might be like oh a rabid fangirl running on stage let me tackle them an adult man casually making his way on stage seems totally normal like what the fuck like it's just so stupid i think you're completely right and i think it's a completely valid point to make and something that i think a lot more security teams need to be briefed on is that just because a white man with a walk of authority is coming onto the stage doesn't mean that 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 authority is warranted and that he should be allowed to be there so yeah so i think that it's there's a lot to think about when it comes to that and a lot to think about in regards to like how we as fans interact at concerts and all that going forward. And moving on to our next segment, in a win for Pop Girly. We do have one of those this week to share with you. Well, somewhat of a win, I guess. I don't know. We have the Kesha and Dr. Luke case being settled out of court. If you are following us on Instagram, I posted about this a week ago. A week ago, June 14th, we got the New York Court of Appeals ruled that Dr. Luke is, in fact, a limited public figure. There had been some back and forth about whether or not he was a public figure, and that would determine kind of like the strength of proof that Kesha and Dr. Luke would have to go to to prove that Kesha acted with malice in bringing about her abuse allegations. That happened last week. Then this week, we get notice as of June 22nd that they have decided to settle out of court and they've both given statements. And so basically, like Jenna said, and if you guys have been paying attention, like this has been a years in the making legal battle. It was almost a decade long situation since October of 2014, where like they've been going back and forth with lawsuits. And as we've talked about when it came to Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson, alleged abusers, alleged abusive men in places of power love to use defamation lawsuits as ways to have the women that they've allegedly abused have to deal with the repercussions of coming out against them. Which, a.k.a. Uh, is in the just public continued eye. abuse in the legal courts. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like Jonathan said, it's using the court system to continue abuse. But basically, before this could get to trial, which I think, again, this was, in my opinion, settling feels like admission of guilt. In my personal opinion. But I think also, like, Kesha just released an album. She's very much trying to move on. So I think that if there was going to be any time that Kesha would take a settlement, it would be now to kind of put that to the side and allow her to, like, make music without the Dr. Luke trial, etc., looming above her. And so in this settlement, they had to both agree to post statements on their social media and also share the other person's statement. And so Kesha posted on her Instagram account, like a text post that said, only God knows what happened that night. As I've always said, I cannot recount everything that happened. I'm looking forward to closing the door on this chapter of my life and beginning a new one. I wish nothing but peace to all parties involved. And then Dr. Luke's statement was not as nice. He goes, while I appreciate Kesha again acknowledging that she cannot recount what happened that night in 2005, I'm absolutely certain that nothing happened. And just a Sarah Fagan sidebar, this is again one of those instances of like, he's just not using enough words. Because it's like, she can recount what happened. She just can't recount everything. And she can't recount everything for a reason. And that reason is potentially drugs. But that's besides the point, Dr. Luke. Anyway, he continued on to say, I never drugged or assaulted her and would never do that to anyone. For the sake of my family, I have vigorously fought to clear my name for nearly 10 years. It is time for me to put this difficult matter behind me and move on with my life. I wish Kesha well. 
It is so funny because he um, literally just dragged her and then was like, I wish Kesha well. Like, fuck off. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And so in this article uh, by Ashley Collins for The Hollywood Reporter, she continues to explain that a big part of this dispute was whether or not Dr. Luke could be considered a public figure. And as Jenna said already, a couple of days prior to this announcement of a settlement happening out of court, it was decided that Dr. Luke is a limited public figure, which means that he's like famous-ish, which I think is just like the funniest thing ever (laughs) that like the court was like, you're famous, but not famous enough. Yeah. Which I just feel like when somebody's trying to prove that they're a private citizen and them to be like, no, you're famous, but like not really famous. Like what a punch to the gut that is. But Ashley continues to say that getting Dr. Luke to be claimed as some sort of a public figure would set a higher bar for succeeding on a defamation claim. So basically now that he has been viewed as a limited public figure, Dr. Luke would have to prove that Kesha was acting with malice when saying that he allegedly assaulted her and proving that somebody was saying that you assaulted them from a place of like i'm saying this to completely ruin your career is so much harder to prove than like a private person being like nobody should know who i am the fact that they've announced me in public as an alleged abuser is going to ruin my life right so basically the fact that the court was like no you are not a private citizen you are in fact a limited public figure there would have to be so much more work that dr luke and his team would have had to put in to prove that kesha went out of her way by making this statement about her sexual assault to like ruin his career when there's literally no way to really prove that when she clearly confidently believed that this is what had happened so after all this happened rolling stone also talked to two legal experts to kind of like explain this a little bit further so tomas Muir has the story here with rolling stone he first talked to susan crum miller who's a feminist attorney based in new york who says that to the extent that dr luke wanted to continue putting her through hell he probably succeeded we see abusers using defamation lawsuits as a way to continue their abuse all the time they're not looking for some big pot of money at the end they're asserting power and control kind of like what i said yeah which which is just what we said earlier tomas also talked to another entertainment attorney cameron dolat shahi who says that the language in the two statements saying that kesha does not remember what happened right now was obviously crafted as part of the settlement and sees it as a clear compromise meanwhile crew miller sees the attorney settlement as a way for luke to save face both note that it offers kesha who released her latest album last month a chance to move on and i think that's the biggest thing that like i saw this as is it's like Kesha's been dealing with this with for as we said going on nine years practically a decade I think at this point she wants to put all of it behind her and I think as we've seen in the courts of this just being another system for people to continue being abused both by Dr. Luke and also by the general public just coming after them constantly I think it's just like not worth it anymore basically clearly she's already like figured out her own record situation where she's able to release music so I do think it's interesting that the lawyer Dulat Shahi also said that he wouldn't be surprised if like the amount of money in the settlement was not significant and it was just more about them agreeing to keep things confidential and not disparage each other moving forward because I feel like that is like a big 
part of what could have gotten Kestra to agree to this and also clearly a big part of like why Dr. Luke wanted to this to stop happening because he's like oh no my family they don't want them to think ill I of don't, me I personally Whatever. I don't think Dr. Luke wanted to stop I feel like he would continue to pursue it I feel like Kesha was the one to finally well, I'm just be saying, like I'm just saying based off of his statement that he made of like my family like I could see but he's also like I know like, I'm right no I know yeah. I know I like I completely agree but I'm just saying like with that family statement I could see that side of things i think also the interesting thing of it is is that like tomas said this and i and jenna also kind of said it where it's like the wording of this feels very much like a win for dr luke because of like kesha having to admit and i mean she said this before like the admittance of like oh like i don't remember every detail of that night and that's why this has been an issue but it definitely is a positive development for Kesha. Like at the end of the day, like as I already said, in regards to like the defamation case with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and seeing just like the public outlash towards Amber Heard and just them constantly attacking her, calling her a liar, trying to figure out all these ways to prove that she was in the wrong, that she was a bad person. And even the complete ignoring of the fact that it wasn't a trial to come to the conclusion whether or not Johnny Depp was guilty or not guilty of abusing her and just whether or not why essentially the Washington Post was guilty in publishing something that Amber Heard said that could be seen as defamation when that was really what the case was about. And Crew Miller says this very well to Tomas is that Kesha is a celebrity and she's used to having eyes on her everywhere she goes and litigation is unpredictable. We all saw how much backlash Amber Heard faced. I think that ultimately if litigation proceeded, she would be risking a verdict against her. And that's also my feeling of it too, is it's like, it's so fucking hard to prove that assault happened, especially so far after the fact when like any DNA evidence is gone and any just like bigger evidence in that regard is gone. And so it's so much easier for somebody who maybe has more money, maybe has more means, whatever the case is to like prove to some extent, like, oh, I have an alibi. Oh, there were other people here who like would be more so on Dr. Luke's side or whatever the case is that the case could have not ended in her favor. And so I think that this is a really big and important deal that number one, he stopped continuing to file more claims against her and forcing her to relive this constantly. But also the fact that like, she's not going to have to live this out in court and deal with all of that and deal with the public scrutiny that the public loves to throw on women. Also because of like what Kesha's, whole persona was when this happened of so many people like dredging up like all of her like party girl era kind of looks and songs and all this shit and being like oh you're telling me that this girl doesn't remember a night of course she you know like I'm just thinking of like what people would say about her and I think that this in the long run very much is a win for Kesha in the in the long run because it could have wound up being so much worse for her yeah I completely agree and I feel like this court case, relatively most people kind of like forgot it exists. And because Kesha's like promoting new music right now, I feel like she probably just wants to move on and like focus on her career and like have people focus on her career and not have to relive this whole court case. Because I feel like if it was actually going to trial as it was supposed to like within a month, it would have just been a lot of reliving of like you said, like, well, Kesha's just a party girl and this and this and she can't even remember. Like, is she even a reliable source? Like all it would have just been reliving a lot of the stuff that happened 10 years ago and 
we're at a place right now where like most people like aren't really paying attention or don't really care aren't gonna harass her about it but if it did go to trial she probably would get like a lot of harassment about it so honestly for like peace like it sucks that this is a reality that we live in but for peace of mind I like completely understand why she did this or why they both did this and I think also with the fact that now Dr. Luke was viewed as a limited public figure he would have also had a lot more to prove and so I think that there was also a little bit of fear in that regard for him in that like there would be a lot more work that needed to be done but also I think for both of them there was a lot more potential for there to be like a hung jury so like a jury who could not agree on whether or not she was guilty of defamation towards him because of how much proof he would have had to have come up with since he would have been viewed as some sort of a public figure and then this abuse could have just continued so I think that Kesha probably also thought about that as well when she got that win in that regard where it's like okay maybe I can get some sort of decent settlement in regards to like the statement having to be posted by both of them so like he had to share her statement as well so she had some leverage on, even though on her that. statement was like so nice and his statement was like but I'm still right <laughs> but I'm still right nice but lady. I'm glad that we're done with this but I'm yeah. still right <laughs> But, like, she had, like, a little bit of leverage going into the settlement is what I'm saying, whereas before I don't think she would have, yeah. and so she would have had yeah, to agree yeah, completely yeah. to what no, he that, would have wanted. Fair, that's fair. So, at the end of the day, we can chalk this up as a win because, really, so much of this court case has stopped Kesha from being able to create music and do so many things, especially tied to his name. And so, I think that, really, while, like, it doesn't feel super positive for, like, women getting their justice when it comes to assault cases i think that in the world of kesha this can be chalked up to a win because her music and her as a person are no longer going to be so tightly tied to a man who did her wrong in one way or another and so at the end of the day it feels like a positive outcome in the life and times of kesha and i'm really excited to like see where she goes moving forward now that like the Dr. Luke thing is less of a concern to like her career. And so I think we've talked about some important things today, both things that I think have real world implications in their own ways and things to think about more deeply just as we go forward and thinking about, you know, how pop culture moments do have real life implications and how they have to do with so much going on in like the justice system and safety for women and all those fun things that we need to worry about every single day so if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about anything we discussed today we would love to chat with you more about them over on instagram or twitter we are at name three songs on all social media platforms if you have any personal grievances beef love respect you'd like to give myself or jenna you can do that on our personal accounts i'm at sarah underscore fagan and jenna is at jenna underscore million and with all that being said thank you so much for joining us this week on name three songs and until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're never too cool to listen to the jonas brothers don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name three songs.com Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.